welcome to the Employee Lounge. I'm your host, Joe Kang, and today we'll be talking about retirement, specifically the county pension plan, with our special guest, Amy Rozier. Amy, thank you for joining us today. Please tell our audience what you do for Arlington County and how long you've been here. Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm the Retirement Benefits Manager here at Arlington, been here since 2001, and my team is responsible for ensuring employees understand their retirement benefits and maximize the options available to them to meet their retirement goals. Great. So in our last podcast, you gave us an overview of the three retirement plans that make up the retirement program here at Arlington. Today, we're going to be focusing on the pension plan, right? Right. And we're going to take a deep dive into the basics and have some tips and tricks to the pension plan. Before we get started, I've heard the pension plan referred to as a bunch of different names. Can you help me understand that? Sure. You may have heard it referred to as a defined benefit plan. This is an IRS term that simply means the benefit you receive at retirement is defined by a set formula. You may have also heard it referred to as Chapter 46. This refers to the section of Arlington County Code where the details of the plan are written. All of these different terms can be confusing. So we're trying to rebrand the pension plan under the name ACERS. This stands for the Arlington County Employees Retirement System. Whenever you see or hear ACERS, you should be thinking of the pension plan at Arlington County. Okay, so how does being in a pension plan affect me as a listener? Pension plans provide you with a guaranteed stream of income in retirement, just like Social Security. What I think is great is that I don't have to worry about the investments. The retirement board takes care of that worry for me and makes sure the county can provide a benefit to me for the rest of my life. Oh, great. So I've heard that some pension plans are going under. Do we have to worry about that at Arlington? Not at all. Arlington has a strong funding policy written in county code, so the county is required to make their contributions even if the budget is tight. Also, the retirement board hires professionals to manage the ACERS fund. They have done a wonderful job of making sure the fund is invested wisely. The result is that we are near 100% funded. Wow. What does that mean? It means we have enough money in the trust fund to pay the lifetime benefits for all our current retirees and our current employees when they retire. It's a great place to be. Okay. So let's get back to the employee level. How does the pension plan work at Arlington? At Arlington, the ACERS formula is based on how many years you work for the county, your highest three years of base pay, and a multiplier based on whether you are a uniformed or non-uniformed employee. For example, general employees, the multiplier is 1.7%, and for public safety employees, it's 2.7%. All of our employees contribute to this plan, and their contribution is listed on their pay statement as defined benefit plan. For non-uniformed or general employees, this contribution is 4% of their base pay. For uniformed employees, this is 7.5% of their base pay. The county also contributes to this plan, and once an employee reaches the criteria for retirement benefit, they can retire from the county and receive a monthly payment for life. Hmm, okay, that seems pretty simple. But what makes it so complicated? Well, there are lots of options that can make your benefit higher or lower. These decisions are made at the time you enter drop or retire without participating in the drop and generally are set in stone for the rest of your life. Hmm, okay, so before we go into the options, what is drop? So drop is the Deferred Retirement Option Program. It's simply a program that allows employees to retire from ACERS, continue working and receiving their salary for up to three years, while having their ACERS benefit deposited into an account that they may access when they leave employment from the county. Oh, okay. Sounds like we might need another podcast on that. 
Let's get back to the options you mentioned before. Sure. So whether someone is retiring or entering the drop, there are three primary options I like to highlight. First, you'll be given the choice to have a single life benefit or a joint and survivor benefit. The single life benefit is an amount payable to you only for the rest of your life. When you die, nobody else gets a monthly benefit. With a joint and survivor option, you elect to receive a smaller benefit while you are alive so that the county can pay a survivor a monthly benefit once you pass away. Employees have choices to elect a 50%, 66 and two-thirds percent, or a 100% joint and survivor option. Okay, so what are those percentages that you just mentioned? What do they mean? They refer to the amount of an employee's benefit the survivor will get paid if our retiree passes away. For example, if an employee chooses a 50% joint and survivor benefit and their monthly benefit is $1,000, when they pass away, the survivor will get $500 a month, 50% of $1,000, for the rest of their life. Oh, okay, I gotcha. So what do I need to watch out for when making this decision? Employees need to know five things. First, they can't elect or change the percentage option of a joint and survivor benefit once they've started receiving their benefit. However, they can cancel a joint and survivor option, but it does require the survivor's signature. They also can't change who their designated survivor is once they've made the designation. And if the survivor dies first, we do increase their benefit up to the single life benefit at that time. And finally, electing a joint and survivor benefit provides eligible dependents with the option to continue on the county's health and dental plans after our retirees pass away. Okay, so what's the second big option that I need to think about? The second big decision is what to do with your vacation comp and sick leave balances. Vacation and comp balances can count towards service credit and increase your monthly pension benefit, and employees receive a cash payment for these balances. Employees who were hired before January 1, 2001 have a choice with their sick leave. They can either convert it for service credit or they can receive a cash payment. The cash payment uses a formula where we pay employees 30% of their sick leave balance above 100 hours. For those of us hired after January 1, 2001, we can use our sick leave for service credit purposes only. What do I need to watch out for when making this decision? Well, it depends if the employee is going right into retirement or entering the drop. For employees going straight to retirement, you don't need to worry about vacation and comp balances. We automatically will pay them to you and incorporate the number of hours into your monthly ACERS benefit. For employees entering the drop, they can cash in some of their vacation and comp time when they enter the drop to increase their service time. And although they will accrue more vacation while in drop, they need to think about how much time they will need immediately so they don't cash in too much vacation and comp. Deciding what to do with sick leave can be a bit more challenging, especially for those hired before 2001. In our one-on-one meetings we have with employees, if you were hired before 2001, We will show the employee how much they will receive in cash from their sick leave versus how much the conversion of sick time to service credit will increase their monthly ACERS benefit. There is no right answer. It's just what is right to help our employee meet their own retirement goals. Okay, so you're right, definitely. It's making my head start to spin a little bit. So what's the third big option? So this third one really does make people's heads spin. The third big decision is whether or not to elect Social Security leveling. This is an option that provides retirees with level income between their ACERS benefit and their Social Security benefit. So employees who retire before they're eligible to receive Social Security benefits 
can receive a higher pension benefit in the beginning and a smaller pension later when they begin receiving their Social Security benefits. Oh, okay. So what do people normally think about when making this decision? Well, a number of factors can play into whether or not someone elects the Social Security leveling option. In general, I see people elect this benefit if they have a poor prognosis for a health condition, um, they need more money early in retirement for traveling, living expenses, starting a new business, things like that. Some like to elect it if they're entering the drop because it makes up for a larger drop account balance at the end of their three years in drop. The key people need to think about when making this decision is that if they elect Social Security leveling, their ACERS benefit will reduce later when they are expected to get their Social Security benefit. So they need to plan as if their income will be staying level at that time, not increasing. All right. Are there any other options I need to know about when planning retirement? There's one last option, and it only applies if you're going straight from active employment to retiring and not entering the drop. There's an option to get a lump sum payment from the pension plan. The challenge is that if you elect this option, your monthly pension is reduced for the rest of your life. For example, you may get a payment of $20,000 up front, but your pension is reduced by about $115 a month for the rest of your life. People take this option for similar reasons that they elect Social Security leveling, and some opt for this and transfer the payment directly to their 457 plan. If you had to pick one thing that people don't know about the ACERS plan, what would that be? I think employees don't realize that once they reach normal retirement age, which is 62 for general employees and 52 for public safety employees, they should complete an in-service joint and survivor form. Normally, if an employee passes away, their beneficiary can receive a return of all their contributions they made to the ACERS plan, or if it's a spousal beneficiary, the spouse can receive a monthly annuity equal to half of what the employee would have received. But employees completing the in-service joint and survivor form allows employees to designate a 100% joint and survivor beneficiary, which provides a benefit that is more than either of the first two I mentioned. All right, so if I have more questions, where can I get help with this or find more information? Well, there's lots of places. You can run your own pension estimate. There's directions on AC Commons. Simply click on Benefits and HR and then Retirement. Look for the link on the right-hand side of the screen to run your own estimate. You can come to one of our Ready to Retire classes even if you aren't ready. These classes help you understand the pension plan and you'll hear other employees' questions and concerns that may give you ideas about how to structure your own retirement. And finally, you can schedule a one-on-one -on -one meeting with a member of our benefits team to discuss your retirement options, goals, and estimates. Amy, this was fun and very informative. Thanks for taking the time to explain to all the listeners out there what ACERS is all about. Thank you for tuning in to the Employee Lounge. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that you'll join us again for our next episode. Please help us get the word out by sharing this podcast with your boss, your team, and fellow county employees. Until next time, stay sharp.